Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say, play ESPN, your smart speakers. Boom, it's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. One app, one tap, we're on the ESPN app. What else? Download the podcast. Demaris Smith, guys, the executive director, of course, of the NFLPA, is going to join us in five minutes. Comes a day after we finally heard Roger Goodell's voice on why the NFL is struggling with minority coaching hires at the head coach level. And in case you missed it, here's what Goodell said yesterday at his State of the League address. We've made a tremendous amount, a lot of progress in a lot of areas, but not at the head coach. And that is something that uh, is something we really have focused on to try to get the kind of results that we would expect. And we fell short of that by a long shot. So what we're going to do is step back and look at everything we're doing today, uh, reevaluate that, uh, everything from looking at the Rooney Rule and seeing what changes should be made to that, if any changes, or should it be removed, which some people have suggested. All of those things are part of that. We're going to talk to other people, have independent people come in and look and help us evaluate it because it's sometimes hard to evaluate your own policies and procedures and make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to create that opportunity for everybody. So we've we talked about this earlier in the show. Key, Jay, we'll start with you, Key. When you hear that, what do you think? Well, there's certainly work that needs to still be done. Uh, But I hear Roger Goodell trying to talk to the owners through the media. I think that he's trying to speak to them through the media. Uh, They employ him. They pay his salary. But Park Avenue, Roger Goodell, Jeff Pass, uh, Troy Vince, and that group over there is different than the actual owners. The owners are the ones that need to make these decisions to make things better. Um, I can't wait for D. Smith to come on because I'm sure he'll be able to have some very unique answers and a different perspective to some of the questions that loom that's out there. Uh, Roger Goodell can only do so much as a commissioner of the National Football League. And I think he's trying to do as much as he can on his side, but he cannot force these owners to wake up and realize that we are living in a different time. This is not the 1960s. This is not 1952. This is not 1932. This is a totally different time. And we look for more diversity in a lot of different areas, and we still are not getting it. And on top of that, we're not getting any real answers to why that is. Well, Demaris Smith, NFL PA Executive Director, joins us now. Good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us. Fellas, good morning. How are you? Doing good, well, D. D. You, you heard, did you hear what Key just said? I did. I did. Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Roger's press conference before uh, I went on, 
And, um, you know, I agree with, with Keyshawn, as I do most everything. Um, we live in different times, and I believe that the public is responding to a new mandate. I think uh, the public is, is realizing that while you can hope uh, for change, that uh, many times change, just like freedom, just like respect, um, is taken rather than granted. D, uh, the, the National Football League is, is made up of about 70% of black players. What can the players yeah. do to, I don't want to say enforce, but to send a message uh, to the National Football League owners about the hiring practice of minorities, black coaches, front office executives, and therefore, and what have you told if anything at all, to the players about this? Yeah, well, well, first, you know, I, we had a long discussion. We've had many discussions about minority hiring with, with the players and with my executive committee. Um, but the one thing um, I tried to emphasize in my press conference is this is less about the owners hearing the players or hearing civil rights leaders are frankly hearing you or or hearing me, um, they hear it. Uh, this isn't a, an issue of whether or not they hear or whether or not um, they understand. This is a question of whether they make a decision to employ systemic change in order to achieve change. So, you know, when you were playing um, or, or and, and when everybody else is playing basketball, I mean, we have an ability to make sure the owners hear. But at what time in any of our careers have the owners given anything to the players unless it is bargained for? Um, or in the case of, of the history of race in the National Football League, when it was forced upon them? I mean, let's not forget that the league was integrated um, – by those those great players in the 40s because the city of Los Angeles demanded it. The Washington team was only integrated with Bobby Mitchell because they were playing on federal land and the federal government required that of the last team to integrate. So when it comes to these issues, these issues are never a question of whether um, owners need to hear something. It's what system or what entity or what group forced them to do something that at least we, we know up until now they're unwilling to do. So, DeMars, with that being said, what are the next steps? You know, what kind of legislation or policies need to be implemented in order to mandate, you know, whatever that end result is that we feel like we need? I think two things, maybe maybe three things. Um, you know, one, we have an anti-discrimination clause in our collective bargaining agreement. And um, you all know I've never shied away from um, using legal process to, to benefit the, the ends of the players. I do think that a um, sport, a league that is free of racism is something of benefit uh, to us. And that's that's a lever or a piece of leverage that we can use. Um, I think second, the allegations that we saw in the Flores complaint with respect to uh, tanking games or uh, taking money to um, lose games 
has a direct impact on our players, on our players' paychecks, on our players' opportunities to play um, in the playoffs. And we will explore whether or not that triggers an opportunity for us to avail ourselves of legal process um, with, with the league. I do think Keyshawn is right. I do think anyone who understands the league understands that the league is not a centralized entity. It's a decentralized entity. And, and because it is a decentralized entity, the NFL uh, league office does not have a hand or, or, or rarely has a hand um, in hiring. I do think that has to change. When you look at the way we run our union, we're, we're probably the most diverse uh, uh, sports business uh, out there. That's deliberate. Um, I make sure that we are uh, diverse. I make sure we represent what our country looks like and what our players look like. It probably also means a change in at least the way that barriers are removed for coaches to get into this business, but also an independent review system or at least a top-down review system that makes sure that this process is colorblind and, 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 and free and fair. D, let me uh, let me try my my lawyer hat on here real quick. Um, if Stephen Ross is found and the Miami Dolphins is found through the investigation that they were tanking games, um, what would you like to see happen to Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I don't think this is Stephen Ross particular. If someone is threatening the very integrity of our game. They can't own a team. Um, if a player, you you know, what would happen if there were evidence of, of groups of players throwing games? You know, we went through a brutal uh, lawsuit with the National Football League when there was an allegation of a bounty system uh, those suspensions were overturned, but the league took the position that those allegations affected the integrity of the game. I'm not sure we can ever have a league that is predicated on any given Sunday uh, be subject to any given paycheck given by an owner to a coach to throw a game. D. There's a team that's up for sale in the in the Denver Broncos. And should the league recruit? I'll use the word recruit. Should the league and the owners recruit a black majority owner to purchase the Denver Broncos? Well, I, I think the league should entertain anyone who is qualified to own a team. And if that means reaching out to people of color um, and, and employing them or, or, or at least looking at them as, as potential owners, I think that's great. I think, Keyshawn, the only thing that I would caution us about is ever believing that magically that just because you have one or two or three, or I would dare say six owners of color, we shouldn't magically believe that we will have arrived at a racial nirvana in the National Football League. I mean, what, what, what we 
have always needed as people of color in this nation is not just some wonderful benefactor or, or someone who looks like us. Um, I mean, in the league, let's take the example of, of Jacksonville. That is an owner of color who ultimately hired a strength coach who had a history of demeaning people of color. So we should never look to a particular savior or someone who is going to magically ride in and bestow a level of racial equality. We've always relied on systemic change, um, and that systemic change usually results from deliberately built systems. I mean, look at what this country is dealing with right now um, with respect to voting rights in, in certain states. There's people of color in the legislatures all over this country. Some of them are creating electoral maps that discriminate against black people. So I'm not a huge fan of simply relying on what the picture looks like. Uh, I'm a huge fan of understanding how the system works and whether the system works in a fair and just way. Mm-hmm. Tamara Smith, NFL PA executive director. But let me I would, I'd like to follow up on that because I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, while I appreciate the point, it's a point well taken. Um, I, I look at the history of this country. And in order for a lot of white people to act right, you had to pass laws, you know, like the Rooney rule in the NFL, a rule. But the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that's not that's not in place because black people were in a position of power. You know, it's pretty clear why the Civil Rights Act of 1964 had to be passed. And when you mention even if there were six um, black NFL owners or African-American NFL owners, it wouldn't be a, you know, it's not a magic bullet. Of course not. But surely it seems, at least to me, that if there were much more black ownership in the NFL, this issue would not be as glaring um, as it is. If you, if you disagree with that, okay, I, I suppose we could disagree. But if not, shouldn't there but, be a concerted we- effort to, to have black ownership in the NFL? Sure, but that's not the question, right? What if we ended up in a world where we had six black owners in 2023? And at the end of the hiring practice, um, or the end of the hiring process for two years, we ended up with two NFL coaches of color. Mm-hmm. Would anybody on this show feel better? No. Not in that So example, the goal no. isn't... So, well, that example could be a reality. But uh, what I'm suggesting is that the odds are that the reality would be different if black ownership was more reflective of of the population of the United States or the league even. Right. And and that it's more likely that you would have more hires that would better reflect the league or at least the country. And in your example, you're cer- certainly you're right. If that, and that's a possibility, your example, but then there are other possibilities too. Right, but under what scenario would I want my rights or my kids' rights or fairness or justice to depend on odds? That's my point. Understood. So Understood. why wouldn't we, mm. excuse me, why wouldn't we want to build systems like Fortune 500 companies do 
in order to ensure a fair and just hiring practice. As we sit here right now, there is no job board for coaching in the National Football League. There is no systemic way of knowing what jobs are open. Coaches don't know what each other's salaries and benefits are. We have no ability to understand what qualifications owners use to make a decision for coaches. Hmm. We don't see the evaluations. There is no transparency. And to your point, we had a quote unquote rule that after a few decades, we know was much less um, a rule and more of a suggestion. So the question becomes not whether we want to have more diversity among owners. That answer is obviously yes. The only question on the table is what is more likely to lead to a fair and just system? And your point, at least the first part of it, is well taken. A fair and just system in this country has more often resulted from what the laws are than whether the odds should be. Mm -hmm. D, can I ask you a, a personal real question? Because I, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. I think you've always been extremely reflective in how you look at the situation but it, it feels to me like as a young black man that I get frustrated that we are even at this point to begin with. Is there is that warranted? Is that warranted that we have yeah. to talk about all the policies and things that we need to implement in order to secure transparency around the league that's been here for so long that employs so many African-Americans? I, um, you can say it as a young black man. I can say it as an old black man uh, who turned 58 a couple of days ago. Um, you sense the frustration in my voice. I sense the frustration um, in your voice. Should we be frustrated? Yes. But if the civil rights leaders before us simply relied on frustration, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, we're, we're where we are today, not because um, everybody hashtagged let's march with Dr. King. People marched with Dr. King. We're here today because those people sacrificed something. Those people took a risk. Based upon that risk, um, everyone around them employed a strategy. I mean, if you read the, the, the works of Bayard Rustin, um, and Diane Nash and, and others, you know, while we see that that first level of civil rights movement that that were the marches, there was a deliberate strategy around all of those marches to force individuals into a world where they had to make binary choices. And those choices were either going to be choices that reflected and respected freedom or choices that would not. And if the choice was a decision to not respect freedom. There were multiple lawsuits employing the 14th Amendment across our country. So it wasn't just a march and it wasn't just frustration. It was the insistence on a system to deliver fairness and justice, not just hope. Um, and, and to your frustration and, and to my frustration, what gets me frustrated is I do believe that sport 
um, is a beautiful thing. I think human competition is a beautiful thing. I think the things that you did on the court and the things that, that I'm able to watch, um, you know, even with my son, you know, at Maryland playing lacrosse is a beautiful thing. Why should this beautiful thing um, be ruined by racism? And, and to me, the same systems that we employ to deliver this National Football League each and every week to each and every American, to each and every person in the world, think about the level of deliberate decisions that are made in order to deliver football to America this Sunday. Do any of us believe that there are the same deliberate systems to deliver fairness and justice in hiring in the National Football League? The answer is no. So instead of leaving this up to odds or leaving this up to who we think are the best color of the people in the room, why shouldn't we insist on the same delivery systems um, that deliver football, that we have the same deliberate systems to deliver uh, fairness and justice in hiring? In hiring? I just don't understand why that shouldn't be our goal. For sure. That's Damara Smith, ladies and gentlemen. I think in addition to that, as he said, black ownership would also be a good thing in addition to in, to, to systems that ensure better Indeed. results. Indeed. Yeah. Both um, things can be true, right? Both things can be true. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Damara Smith. R.D. Thank the you, head guys. coach of the Washington <laughs> Commanders. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We're expected to be joined by Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera in a few minutes. Do you feel comfortable? To, is, it, is it rolling off the tongue as easily no. now, Washington Commanders? No, I don't. Like, my, my whole the people, I think, are reaching with why it's, it's not the right name, this and that. To me, it's just corny sounding. That's it's just a corny name. But like, yeah, you know, then, like, yeah. yeah, but I guess a lot of team names, when you really think about it, are kind of corny. It's just, you know, it's just when you have a chance to make a new name, you're thinking, key, it'll have a little more, as you would say, snap, crackle and pop than commanders. Yeah. Command. Like, what are you going to put on the side? of What's the logo? Like, what what's the logo on the side of the helmet? It's, you know, what, like, 
that's more so like I think what people want to see. Commanders, it's like, and it ties into the area and the politics mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So they kind of like, ah, eh, you know, maybe if they would name, rename the team some time ago, uh, people would look at it a little bit different. Um, I, but I, I would assume that they're running out of name. I didn't mind the Washington football team, to be honest. Yeah, I got used I, I to like it. I like that. I was fine with it. I'm like, eh, it was that. fine. Didn't At yeah, first, I'm fine. like, damn, you guys were caught so unawares with that name all those years. You couldn't come up with something. But after a couple but years, I, I'm like, the Washington football team is kind of cool. It's different. It was full. Yeah, yes. it was real cool. Now I got to re, uh, recalibrate my brain and start all over again when I'm talking about the Washington Commanders because I'm sure as football season comes up, we're going to stumble and call them the Washington football team the same way we did with the name before that. You know, well, what, can't help, call you know what helps all this? Huh. Start winning games. Yeah. Start winning a lot of games. Can't People call them the like Washington Commanders. Can't call them the Washington Generals, but the general of the Commanders joins us now. We're joined by Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. Coach, tell us about the new name. Have you, have you gotten used to Commanders yet? No. I'll be quite honest. No, it's kind of funny, too, because, uh, you know, as we were going through the process and you look at all the names that were out there and what potentially could be the the, the new name, um, that was the one, you know, as I looked at it, I thought, you know what, though, this was the one that makes the most sense. It was the one that was probably the safest, uh, probably the one that really fit the area the most. So that's kind of where we are. But it still takes a little bit to get used to it, because as you guys said, it took us a little bit to get used to the Washington football team as we continue to call ourselves the previous name. So now we're in the same situation again. Changing the situations, Coach, you know, obviously you've been there now trying to change the culture of the Washington Commanders. He almost said football team, but <laughs> Commanders. Um, what are you expecting from your team this upcoming season? What do you want to see different than we saw this past year? I think the biggest thing, Keyshawn, is for us to play consistent football. That was probably the thing that bothered me more so than anything else is that really there was no consistency. We had a great four-game stretch. You know, we, we beat Tampa, and we ended up beating uh, the Raiders at the end of that four-game stretch, but we just didn't play consistent the way you wanted to. I, I know we had the whole COVID outbreak uh, for, for about a three-and-a-half-week span that really kind of shook us, but just play consistent football. Every opportunity you get is just be a good football team consistently playing to our abilities. That was probably the hardest thing for me. Um, but I do like the fact that we played a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys got some experience out on the football field. I expect us to take another step next season. Coach, what is that next step? Where would you like to see improvement from the most that you think can help your team continue to elevate? Well, you know, it's, it's like what you said, win. I mean, mm-hmm. winning is the one thing that elevates you more <laughs> so than anything else. So we've got to put ourselves in that position. We've got to play consistent football, which gives us an opportunity to win those football games. Uh, winning does take care of a lot of it, and, and that's the thing that, you know, from my experience and I, and I know from your guys' experience is that when you win, people begin to fall in line. People begin to understand what it takes to, to, to be productive as a football team. That's what we've got to do is be consistent winners. Coach, we've been in the last couple of weeks, obviously, a lot of news surrounding the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit with the National Football League. But doing this coaching cycle that we just saw take place, there was a lack of minority uh, hirings as far as head coaches go. I believe it was nine vacancies. What needs to change and how you feel now that this cycle's over about what was done? 
you know, Keisha, I think the big thing that needs to happen is we've got to make sure these guys become more familiar to the people that make these decisions. We've got to find ways to get these guys that are potentially the next crop of, 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 of head coaches or, or candidates and get them in front of the, the people that make these decisions earlier so these people can get to know them. You know, there's a little bit of a saying, you've you, you got to be able to know me, like me, and trust me to hire me. So I think what you've got to do is we've got to find a way to get these guys, get them in front of these decision makers, get them an opportunity to become comfortable with these guys, get to know who they are, get to like them, so that when it comes time, they can sit down and already have the familiarity with who these people are and give them the opportunities that they've earned. I mean, to me, this is about merit. This should be about based on what you've done, the success you've had in your career. But unless they know who you are, it's hard for people to make those types of decisions. Coach, um, I, I haven't heard much about it. It's almost like it's this went away, but you could help me see if it's still alive. The Bill Walsh Diversity uh, Coaching Initiative, is this still – like I don't hear anything about it anymore <clears throat> at all. You know, it is alive. And, 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 and the thing that happens with it, Keyshawn, it's really more the introduction to these younger coaches to us. So that when, when we make our decisions on who we hire, you know, who, who us head coaches hire, it's there. But what we need to do is we need to take these these coaches, you know, like the list of coaches that you just showed, it, the Byron Leftwiches, you know, the Leslie Frazier's, the Eric Bienemies, the Todd Bowles, and get them in front of the other owners. You know, we have, you know, we've got a combine coming up. We've got the owners meetings coming up. Why not create situations where guys like that are being brought into situations where they can meet the owners, they can meet the general manager and get to know who these folks are and become more familiar to these guys so that when it does come time to make decisions, now all of a sudden they've got a little bit of an idea as to who these guys are and it may help to create some more opportunities for these guys in terms of having successful interviews so that now they get into the hiring cycles and get hired. Ron Rivera joining us here, Washington Commanders head coach, two-time NFL coach of the year on Keyshawn J. Willemax. Uh, coach Rivera, Jonathan Allen was in hot water this past week for some comments he made on social media about Hitler. Um, what, were your, what were your reactions to that, first off? And then secondly, how do you handle that with the players relates to conversations around that? You know, when, when, when something like that happens, you know, our, our, our media folks reach out right away and, and, and talk to them. And, and the unfortunate thing is, you know, the explanation as to what he wanted to do and what he was intent was, it really didn't, you know, suit some some folks. And, and, and so we get that. And, and, and fortunate enough, Jonathan put an apology out there so people understood that, you know, his thinking wasn't really what people were, were, were really asking. Um, I kind of got what he was trying to get to, but you, you can't, you, there's just no way you can bring a name up like that and, and, and really have everybody understand what your thought process is. And so with Jonathan, you know, we talked to him, explained to him the situation, circumstances, and that's why he apologized because, you know, his thought process was a little bit different, um, and, and I, I don't think it kind of, kind of fit what people were looking for, and, and so I know he apologized for that. The, the big game is on Sunday, Coach. How you see it playing out? You obviously faced the Rams in a regular season. Um so you know what they have on the offensive side of the ball with that firepower. How do you see it playing out between them and Cincinnati? You know, it's interesting because the Rams have a lot of experience. You know, most of those guys, uh, not most, but a good number of those guys have played in a Super Bowl. And and 
sometimes that's one of the things that really helps carry you, especially in a, in a game like this with that's going to be, you know, super hyped up, very emotional. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. I, I do like their skilled personnel on the offensive side. Uh, one thing that I do like is, is their pass rush, and, and we saw that Cincinnati did have some trouble in the postseason protecting the quarterback. Um, I will say this, though. Joe Burrows and Cincinnati are, are fearless. I really do like their attitude, the way they approach the game. Um, Joe Burrow may be the, uh, the reincarnation of Joe Montana as far as being a really cool guy under pressure. And his teammates seem to feed off of his, his energy. So I like this matchup. I think this is going to be a very good football game. I don't know if people are really giving a lot of people a lot of chances in terms of Cincinnati, but I do know this. Uh, those guys are going to show up and they're going to play hard. So it's going to be a good game. I, I'm excited about this one. Coach, um, you just brought up Joe Burrow. And earlier we were talking about, hey, as Washington wins more games, right? And, um, that's obviously the goal and to advance. Taylor Heineke, nice athletic quarterback, and he's, he's shown some stuff so far. But in, and, and, you know, we've seen Nick Foles and, you know, go on a crazy run. And you can win a Super Bowl that way. But most teams like to stack the deck in their favor by getting a high-end quarterback, a guy where you compare him to the rest of the league, you say that's an upper echelon quarterback. Where are you with Washington, with, with the commander's quarterback situation, not only now but going forward? Well, you know, I've said this, and I said this when the season first ended. You know, the thing we've got to do is we've got to find our, our franchise quarterback, and we've got to see, you know, there's four avenues for as far as it's concerned. You've got to find out whether that guy's on your roster. You've got to find out whether or not that guy's out there in free agency. Can you trade for that guy or do you have to draft that guy? So as we looked at it and we talked about the things that we want to do, you know, we're going to explore all avenues and see what's available to us. And then we're going to try and be very active in the decision making. Um, you brought up Taylor, who I think is a heck of a football player. He's, he's a gutsy guy. His teammates feed off of his energy. Um, do we need more? Yes, we do. And, and, and Taylor's the kind of guy that's going to work at it. And we'll see how it goes. But, we're going to look at everything. We're not going to stop where we are right now. Um, I do agree that this is really a quarterback-driven league, and you've got to have a guy that can manage the game, can make plays when you need to him, and can take him over when you need him to. So uh, if you can find that guy, you're going to give yourself a chance to win football games. Yeah, I hate the rules of the National Football League when we have guys like you on for interviews because I wanted to ask you about a current player that plays quarterback, but I know I can't. So we, I hate it because I'm sitting here. I'm like, I want to ask him, but I know I can't, you know, because I don't want to get him in trouble. Okay, we're going to say the name you, you Derek don't... Carr. Blink twice, coach, if you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there's a lot of quality guys out there. There really are. Those teams that have those guys, you know, they're very fortunate. And, and it's, 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 it's a tough situation to, to be in where we are in terms of trying to find that guy because – you know, if, if you find that guy, hey, you're set. If you don't find that guy, you're going to be looking. And then what you've got to do is you've got to make sure you, you've got all the pieces in place. Okay? You can win football games if you can find a guy that can manage for you. But then you've got to play outstanding defense. You've got to be able to run the ball. And you've got to have playmakers step up. So, you know, those are all things that we talk about. And those are all things that we've got to grind through as we start getting into this offseason. And we start going through, again, what's going to be happening with the combine, what's going to be happening with free agency, you know, as we go forward into the offseason even more. Ron Rivera, ladies and gentlemen, Washington Commanders head coach, two-time NFL Coach of the Year. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Ron. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. He might be the most skilled big with that size that the game has ever seen. You add his play with this team, it's over. Jay's round ball rankings. The game is over. Although Brooklyn Nets guard James Harden wants to trade, wants to trade to the Philadelphia 76ers, this is not for the shook ones, that's for sure. Definitely not. God, when this song came out, I couldn't believe. You know, sometimes your ears hear something, you go, I, I don't even understand what's happening right now. Um, although Brooklyn Nets guard James Harden wants to trade to the Philadelphia 76ers, he's resisted making a formal request out of fear of public backlash that would come with asking out of a second franchise in consecutive seasons, sources told ESPN. As Key was saying earlier, yeah, the players hear what's being said. Harden is hopeful that 76ers president of basketball – uh, Daryl Morey secures a trade for him prior to today's 3 p.m. Eastern NBA trade deadline. But Morey and Nets general manager Sean Marks have yet to become engaged in serious dialogue on a deal, sources said. With that in mind, Jay, your top five NBA players who need to change the scenery. Number five. Let's go with number five. I, you know, look, this dude is a prolific score. I'm talking about a prolific score. Bradley Bill has a player option for the 2022-23 season worth $36.4 million. I think I speak for a lot of people. I, I love what they're building in D.C. I understand it's happening. But you also wonder, like, where would Bradley Bill would be with the Lakers? Where would he be with the Miami Heat? Where would he be with the Brooklyn Nets? Where would he be with Philadelphia? All these other teams. And I get what they're building there. But still, he's out of the season now with a torn ligament in his left wrist undergoing surgery come on bradley bill i just want you to get the next step that's number five number four dollar dame if you if you guys could have heard the conversation that alan gates and i were having two nights ago i was having my third glass of wine i was trying to write a very emotional letter to dame about please i just want you to say goodbye to this team the way you said goodbye to 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 paul george when you made that playoff shot just I don't want to see you at this age go through a whole rebuild. I know what you had to answer to deal with with Chauncey Bills and him getting a job and you answering questions about sexual allegation, Neil O'Shea and everything that happened at the workplace there. I just want to see Dame go to a place where he can win a championship, please. And I'm not telling Dame what to do. He's a grown man. I know he's going to do it his way, but please let that way be the way that's not in Portland. That's number four. Number three. Number three. Westbrook, I respect the game. I think the biggest challenge with Russell Westbrook in being in Los Angeles is that LeBron gambled on this. I don't think it was the right answer. I don't see Russell Westbrook accepting 
a role-player-like position, which he's never had to do in his career. Russell Westbrook's never been a third option on a team, ever in his life. Even when he was with OKC, when him, KD, and James were part, like James was the third guy. Russell was one of the leaders of this team. Is he willing to accept that type of role on this team? I don't see it happening. I think he would benefit from a change of scenery. The only problem is there's no way in hell that can happen because nobody's going to absorb that salary. That's number three. Number two. James Harden. we just been talking about it. You heard the report from Woj. He really wants to get out of town. I mean, multiple years in which he's forced his way out of two teams. That could be the narrative surrounding James Harden. But if he were to win a championship, and I'll be honest, as a basketball fan, I love seeing the, the trio of James, Kyrie, and KD. But this may be the best three that never was. Mm. And I'm starting to think about it that way. And I wonder what the best pick and roll in the history of the game could be. What is a replacement for John Stockton and Malone? That could be James Harden and Joel Embiid. Number two. Number one. Ben Simmons, that's easy, guys. I mean, just the guy hasn't played the whole year. At least I can make the argument that if James Harden doesn't go this year, at least you know he's going to play or Kevin Durant's going to say, hey, give us one run. We'll treat this season the way the Toronto Raptors treated the season with Kawhi. This is your last hurrah. Let's win a chip on your way out the door, and that may be enough to save this relationship. This relationship, you ain't saving this one. I mean, if it's, hey, I don't feel mentally there to play, Joel Embiid having an all-star MVP-like season. Daryl Morey holding on to this trade asset saying, I want what's in return. It is just an absolute mess in Philadelphia. And they're still towards the top of the Eastern Conference. You're always wondering what would be Ben Simmons, number one on my list. Change of scenery for Ben Simmons is a basketball court. Any basketball court, anywhere. (laughs) Get to a basketball court, Key. What do you think of Jay's list, Key? Good. His, his list is always good in the NBA because he's the guy who knows the NBA, and I like to listen to him on this show about talking about certain things because I don't know as much as he knows. But at the same time, you know, when you listen to what he's saying about trading Ben Simmons and where Ben Simmons falls in this situation or the pick and roll situation at Harden could be to be much like Stockton and Malone in Utah, it all makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bradley Bill, he teased me at the top with the Bradley Bill situation because he mentioned the Lakers. And I sit up in my seat and got all giggly. <laughs> and then he said, then he said, well, he's injured and he's having surgery. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> What's amazing is how many, when you look at, if you graded these players, these are superstar players. You know, like but Ben Simmons said, like, Bradley Beal, if he's – He's an A player. He might not be an A plus. He might not be an MVP caliber. He's the next thing to it. Yeah, but if you and put Damian him with the top Lillard, dudes, he can go, and that's going to be nice. You can see Key talking, but I can't hear what he's saying. More KJM coming right up ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.